0: So, I mean, can we do the math on that? 450 customers paying $25,000 per year. I mean, it's like $11 million business.
1: Uh, yeah, a bit of that.
0: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Matt Elson. He is the CEO of Evotix, which is transforming how companies manage health, safety, and risk and engage with their employees, delivering safe, nurturing, and compliant workplaces. Matt, you ready to take us to the top? I am. Yep. Okay. So first off, how do you get into this space? Do you have a horror story or something that you want to share?
1: Uh, well, it was really, uh, I suppose, more by chance. Uh, I'd been an interim uh, chief exec, and uh, we saw the business that I was running. And the the partners in the fund said, "What next?" I said, "Well, I've always been on the lookout for a business to buy without super actively searching." And they said, "Well, take a look at, as it was at the time, She Software." And so I bought it for the proverbial a dollar because it was very much a turnaround. Um, so I came to it without any background in EHS. Uh, But, of course, uh, over over time have absolutely become sort of embedded in in, in the business. And we're very much a purpose-led business. So how can it be acceptable that uh, in European and North American workplaces, we're still killing 5,000 people a year? Uh, And it's mostly from causes which are well understood and easily preventable. And we're exporting most of that risk uh, to the least advantaged in society, uh, the kind of gig economy employees, people are, who are on insecure contracts. So, you know, we're very much purpose led, uh, driving uh, that revolution, uh, improvement in workplace safety.
0: And so, sorry, just to be clear, if there's a, someone listening right now running a 200 person company, how would they use you at their inside their own company? Would they be serving out surveys to get employee sentiment sort of stuff? Is that what this is?
1: Uh, so if you're responsible for health and safety, there's a bunch of stuff you need to do. You need to record and investigate your incidents, follow through the actions, You understand your risks, put the mitigations in place, make sure your people are trained, et cetera. Uh, lots of companies in our target space still doing that with pen and paper and Excel spreadsheets, obviously very inefficient. Uh, you can't learn anything from your data. You can't demonstrate your compliance. Um, but for us, the key to it is about employee engagement. So we're about embedding uh, safety in the day-to-day activity and the day-to-day thinking of employees, so we're mobile first. Uh, we're very, very focused on having a, a very strong kind of UI, easy to use, very intuitive, and getting employees engaged in that that safety activity as part of their day-to-day. I see. I see.
0: Okay. So how many how many companies do you have paying for your platform today? Uh, we're kind of between four and five hundred. Okay, got it. Well, okay, that's a lot. And so, how many, when you look at all the employees they have assigned to the company, how many total employees are on the platform?
1: Uh, north of 2 million. Oh,
0: wow. Okay, interesting. So, so the average size there, what, it's 2 million divided by 450 is what, like a, four, uh, wait, that's huge. 4,000 people on the team on average?
1: Yeah, so um, our kind of sweet spot, uh, we're working with with typically businesses maybe five hundred up to ten thousand employees. Uh, sometimes okay. larger uh, if if they kind of um, uh, uh, their operations are, are um, you know very kind of coherent and similar. So for example, Network Rail, big UK uh, business, hundred thousand employees, uh, so that all of their employees will be using our platform.
0: Well, that'll pull your average up, obviously. So that makes sense. Um, tell me more about the backstory here, Matt. When did you launch the company?
1: Well, I bought the business uh, back in 2011. As I oh, said, this it was, was She Software. You rebranded it. It was She Software. I rebranded it exactly. Oh. So we we rebranded. We rebranded uh, last October.
0: I see. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Because I remember. I remember the She Software story. But so right. I didn't realize it was the same thing. So you put a yes. dollar in. That's amazing.
1: Okay. So you put a dollar
0: in. You buy the thing. You rebranded it. So when? Sorry. When was She Software launched?
1: Uh, she Software originally 1995. So it had been through several ownerships when I acquired it.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, 1995. Okay. And and people always say, like, when I tweet out, you know, go buy a company for under a thousand bucks, people go, Nathan, that's not possible. But you've also done it. I I bought a Chrome extension for a thousand bucks and it did well. You bought this for a dollar, the proverbial dollar. How'd you negotiate that deal? Does she software have any revenue?
1: Uh, yeah, well, it, it already had uh, 200 customers. Uh, the problem was that it was in commercial dispute with its largest customer, which was a the, the revenues. And so uh, the fund was near end of life. Uh, the, they needed to be rid of the company and uh, nobody else wanted to take on that risk.
0: Well, I love this guys. So if you're listening, you should reverse engineer a playbook, right? So go look for portfolio companies inside of funds that are near end of life. Matt, how can people find funds that are near end of life?
1: Uh, well, I'm not sure that I'm I'm expert uh, in that. I guess you need to network around uh, around the industry. Uh, this what this particular fund was a secondary fund. So what they'd done is they bought a whole stack of assets uh, from a distressed purchase, and they were trying to work through them and uh, figure out what they were doing with them.
0: Can you name who it was so we can find other examples?
1: Well, the the fund was a Collar Capital fund, and it was managed by Nova. Collar Capital
0: managed Collars, by Nova. Yeah. Sorry, how do you spell collar? How do you spell collar?
1: Uh, C O L L A R.
0: Collar capital managed by Nova.
1: Yeah. But again, this is back in 2011. So who knows? Well, it's still
0: okay. I think the lesson is still valuable, right? I mean, you could do this with VC funds today on five year, 10 year lives. Go look at their early investments that still might be chugging along, but aren't breakout successes. There's potential, you know, there's potential win there. So you buy this for a dollar. You're now growing it. Now, what are customers paying on average for the tool today?
1: Uh, pretty average ARR, $25,000 or so.
0: Okay. That's what each one's paying per year. Yep. Yep. Okay. Wow. And, and is that, is that average annual contract value much higher than when you bought it? Have you expanded oh, ARPU? Oh,
1: for, for, for sure. I mean, when I bought it, the average was maybe $2,000.
0: And what year was that again? Sorry. 2011. 2011, you bought it and it was, sorry, $20,000. $2, $2,000 uh,
1: ARPU, 200 customers. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you've re- wow. That, I mean, that's a massive expansion. Are is it the same customers who are paying two hundred now paying twenty five thousand sort of per year, or uh, you had to replace uh, them?
1: Well, a few. I mean, we've 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 worked through the customer I mean, there were some uneconomic customers clearly uh, when I when I acquired the business, and so uh, we very much focused on the customers that we thought could kind of draw to, for true value from the from the solution and price accordingly. Mm-hmm.
0: So just to be clear, when you bought it, there were two hundred customers paying two hundred dollars per year.
1: 200 paying $2,000 a year. Oh, 2000 per year. Okay, okay, Yeah, yeah, it. yeah.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you bought this bad boy then with, I mean, this, this isn't small revenue. I mean, you were, I think, was doing $400,000 a year, right? Yeah, but for because sure. Because you, you handled the risk and everything, you are able to get it you know, financially.
1: <laughs> Maybe well, emotionally well, I mean, it was a big toll, but... Well, we were being, we were being sued for $11 million by, by our largest customer. Okay, so how did you settle that? Or did that set suit go out with the, you being the new owner? Well, we sued them, uh, and then it went to a mediation, and uh, we faced them down across the table, and uh, they paid us three hundred thousand dollars, which kept the business afloat. That's like a seed round. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. But no equity. Great. I, <laughs> I love this story. Okay, this is amazing. Got it. So so you sued for eleven million. Now now, now this was your biggest customer. That they just weren't paying or something.
1: Uh, well, they they had taken our solution and then developed their own software, arguably taking the IP and certainly breaking the contract.
0: Oh, I see. So you want a $300,000 settlement, which you could then reinvest in the business, do whatever you wanted to do with. Right. Now you've got 450 customers paying on average $25,000 per year, right? Yep. Which, So I mean, can we do the math on that? 450 customers paying $25,000 per year? I mean, it's like $11 million business.
1: Uh, Yeah, a bit north of that. Wow, that's
0: impressive. That's super impressive. Where did you learn how to do this? Did you have a software company before this?
1: No, I was. I mean, honestly, I was completely fresh to software. Uh, I kind of, I've of, I've had a varied background. I suppose I've done consulting. I've done. I've been in various executive roles, and uh, I backed myself to know how to how to kind of manage a team, grow a business, and um, taken a lot of external advice. You know, kind of studied, read a lot, listened a lot, and uh, yeah, taking it from there.
0: This is, I just, guys, don't you get jazzed up listening to founders like Matt? Matt, I just love this story. Unconventional, you know, very scrappy. A lot of growth. I mean, a lot of growth. This is great. You're bigger than many of your VC back competitors. Now, have you raised external capital outside of your own?
1: Oh uh, no, for sure. Yeah, we've we've done uh, we've done A round and B round now, so we've got about uh, oh. ten million of external capital.
0: Okay, well you're a little less sexy than in my eyes, but you're still yeah, pretty sexy. I know, okay? I know you I know you
1: like I know you like the bootstrap. Yeah, yeah.
0: You've listened to a couple episodes, huh? You know the drill.
1: Yeah. But we you know, we we're uh, at least we're uh, you know, more than a, more than a one for one um kind of uh funds raised to to AMR achieve.
0: He knows my next question before I even yes, ask right, it. That's
1: impressive. That's <laughs> impressive.
0: Yeah, so you've raised ten, but you're at twelve million AR, which I love. Very capital. Well, we're, we're
1: more than more than twelve million. Actually.
0: Oh, more than twelve. Yeah, more than yeah. that's amazing. Okay, yeah. um, break down the rounds for me. When when was the A and the B?
1: Uh so A was twenty eighteen, B was twenty twenty. Um, we're still living off that capital. Um, you know, we've got decent runway. We're sort of we're still burning a little, but but we're we're moving pretty rapidly towards break even.
0: So, how much was that Series B?
1: Uh, Series B was five. Five million.
0: Okay. And sorry, how much was this? And the series A was also five?
1: Well, Series A was two stages, so it was uh three and then three again.
0: Okay, got it. And that that second three closed in twenty eighteen.
1: Uh the first three closed twenty eighteen, second three closed twenty nineteen, and then the in twenty twenty.
0: Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier that way you can go filter the data find companies that are your same size what they sold or raised for or at and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution which is the name of the game less dilution check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products that's plural forward slash valuations again both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations now, looking back at those rounds, did you do those again? Did you need really need that money? Was the equity dilution worth it?
1: Uh, it, it, it was yes, because um, you know we we are the lead player in in uh, EMEA, or is in the UK and Ireland, uh, and at some point, you know, we were going to be constrained in our growth, uh, and so uh, the round was very much to enter the North American market and you know for a European small European company going into North America, right? You don't do that lightly. So I understood that that was going to need a significant investment and uh, we needed the capital. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that, uh, you know, as I said, you know, we're we're always interested to kind of take the best advice and best external resources. And uh, our investors have been fantastic in terms of their ability to, you know, they've been there, seen that, done it. And so the advice that I get uh, at the board and from the operating partners is fantastic. Well,
0: give them some love. Who are they?
1: Yeah. So A round uh Mercia, B round fog capital. Broad capital? Frog. F-R-O-G frog. Frog. Frog capital. Okay, yep. interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, and I guess let's go back to the A real quick. Most folks are selling obviously, you know, like you know, 10 to 15% in their A. Were you sort of in that same range?
1: Uh yeah, I think a little bit higher than that.
0: Okay. So you would have been like a 50 million valuation, 40, 45, 50 million valuation, something like
1: that. Mm, well, at the time, lower. No, no, at the time, there's a lower the valuation. A. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. because you know we've been growing fast, so right? so the valuation I think on the A might have been twelve million, and maybe we're now sort of 100, north of a hundred million.
0: Well, sorry, just to be clear, when you did the Series A and you raise, you raised six million there, three three million twice, right?
1: Well, th- three and three, right? but 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 not all at the same valuation. Oh, so the second three was at a higher than a twelve million valuation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: I see. I see. Yeah, that second that second three, hopefully, was at like. 25, 30 million or something. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think you're probably possibly your next question. I don't know, but I'm, I'm still the largest shareholder, but slightly below majority.
0: I love that. No, I love that. And just to be clear, so that series B, you guys
1: were at north of 100
0: million. It was priced, or do you think now with your growth, you're more than uh, no,
1: 100? N- now we're north of 100. Yeah. I mean, okay. subject, of course, to where we are in the markets at the moment. Of course. So
0: series B was like 50, 60 million, something like that?
1: Yeah, No. Yeah, something like that. Yeah right around there.
0: Fair enough. Very cool. Okay. I love the story. And again, just to be clear, so you still own individually the most, but a little less than 50%, which is great. So you're doing this in a very capital efficient way. This growth, those stories, incredible. How are you, I have to, I mean, how are you growing so fast? How did you double your customer account? Where are you finding customers? Uh,
1: so we're, uh, we're direct sales. Um, so we, we have the kind of a classic uh, marketing function, and then uh, we have a BDR function um, where we're sort uh, of, uh developing those opportunities to the point where they're uh, ready to be passed across to our bdm team
0: mm-hmm. and how many folks today full-time are on the whole team
1: uh across sales and marketing uh probably about 50.
0: okay okay and how many sales? how many on that sales team carry a quota uh
1: so if you're talking new business quotas we'd have uh 11 quota carriers
0: what about current like expansion targets on current? Yeah, so customers?
1: then we got then we got expansion. We got an expansion team um of currently uh, three,
0: and so they have you give them like a, a million dollar book of business. They have to drive it to one hundred and thirty percent expansion or something.
1: Yeah, so uh, what we found was we, we previously had just had a customer success function. And what we found was that that we were picking up the smaller upsells, but we weren't driving the big expansion deals. And so I've got a team now who are more hunters, who are where we're in the corner of a larger corporate. Uh, they're proving very successful at uh, working out to other divisions or other geographies.
0: Okay, so they're really your your their goal is hey go hunt down opportunities for expansion, not where you're increasing it by ten percent, but where you're doubling the contract value by exactly. selling into a new division.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Guys, that's a big takeaway, right? So if you have CS reps, don't you know challenge them, make them go, make them go double ACV. Don't give them one hundred twenty percent NDR target. Go make them double that ACV on, on a couple of customers. So nice tactic there. And then to go back macro ten thousand feet, the whole team altogether, everyone at EvoTix.
1: Uh yeah. So we're at about one hundred and fifty.
0: 150. Okay. You're getting up there, man. Do you miss being down in the weeds in the product? You have all the people's well, people problems now.
1: Yeah, there is, there is some of that for sure. Um, you know, there is a, for, as you go from 50 to 150, it starts to change and, um, you know, it's, it's hard to know everybody individually. Um, but you no, know, I think over time we built a, a super strong culture, um, town halls, uh, every two weeks. Um, you know, I, I travel a lot. I meet the, 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 the folk and, um, you know, so I think it's very important to, to maintain that very strong kind of culture that you build up, uh, as you're a, while you're a startup, um, and it obviously adapted over time, but you know, that kind of glue is very much what, uh, what drives the business.
0: And real quick break. How long is the town hall every two weeks?
1: Uh, so that's just a half hour. Um, Half hour, and so i'll I'll give some quick updates, and then I'll invite people around the business to to you know whatever whatever is a topical issue.
0: So what you break down that thirty minute agenda for me. A quick update might sound like what?
1: Okay, so maybe there's five minutes where the customer success team talks about some some recent successes. Um, I'll talk I'll talk about new joiners, birthdays, uh, anniversaries, um, and you know, generally celebrate success. So we use, uh, we use a, a system called Fifteen Five where we, we call out high fives. And so, you know, normally, there's some great high fives that, that reinforce our values, at which I can, I can call out in that meeting.
0: If you want to learn about 15.5, what can they do about that? Is that performance management, literally 15.5.com?
1: Yeah, 15.5.com. Uh, so it's, a, it's like a sort of an employee engagement and sort of temperature check. So uh, every employee does a weekly check-in. Uh, and then from that weekly check-in, their manager or the, they, they have a one-to-one with their manager, uh, and that sort of helps to set the agenda. And so particularly with remote working, it's important to, to, to maintain those connections with your employees. Yep.
0: Yep. No, totally agree. Very cool. Love this story here. Um, Let's just real quick on growth. You're at 1.2 million-ish right now in monthly revenue. Where were you exactly a year ago?
1: Uh, we've grown 43% in the last 12 months.
0: Wow. Okay. So you were like 800,000 a month a year mm-hmm. ago. Um, Do you remember the year the business broke a million in revenue? Uh, Probably 2014, I would think. Something like that. Okay. So basically two year 2011 was when you bought it right yeah. or when it, yeah. and so it took you three years to take it from 400k up to the first million yeah 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 okay interesting guys there's good a lot of good data in here uh matt let's wrap up here with the famous uh five number one a favorite business book uh
1: so um i i like um uh the hard thing about hard things
0: number two is there a ceo you're following or studying?
1: Well, uh, actually, I'm going to switch that question. At the moment, I'm, I'm following Sequoia Capital because I just think they provide some really great presentations um, on uh, particularly in the current environment. How do you think about uh, running your business?
0: I agree. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business?
1: 15.5, uh, I think I'd probably call out. Uh, that's been very, very powerful for us.
0: And real quick, I'm adding this question in. What's something that you're curious about right now in terms of growing the business, the SaaS business? What are you, what are you thinking about?
1: Um I'm mostly thinking about uh how do we get that kind of the right focus and getting product and engineering uh working together uh on uh, you know kind of powerful uh, linking through for market, through commercial, through product through engineering and getting getting absolute coherence uh and a focus on that.
0: Interesting. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh eight. Okay. And Matt situation, married single kids.
1: Uh, so I have a partner and uh, one child. One kiddo. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 56.
0: 56. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20.
1: Um, I, I guess, you know, things come with time. You don't need to, you don't need to be in too much of a hurry. You just need to be persistent and, and uh, yeah, confident in, in your abilities and, and things will come to you.
0: Guys, she software was doing $400,000 in revenue back in 2011 when one of their biggest customers went and built their own product. He said, you know what? I'll take this company over as we go sue them. There's a lot of liability. Bought it for a dollar in 2011. Ultimately won that suit, got a $300,000 kickback on that legally. And then in 2014, the business broke a million bucks in revenue. But what happened since then is incredible. They're now over $12 million in terms of run rate. They believe that creating a safe work environment is important. They've built software to help you do that at EvoTix.com. Now again, doing 1.2 million bucks a month in revenue up from 800 grand just a year ago. They raised... raised about 11 million bucks, which I love. That's less than their ARR. So very capital efficient as Matt looks to continue to grow with his team of 150 folks. Matt, thanks for taking us to the top. Great. Thanks, Nathan.